Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Well, today we have, um, I believe, a special treat. I love to listen to Pastor Peter. He's got a lot of wisdom. He's going to come and share, amen, the Word of God with us today. So, Pastor Peter, if you want to come, it'd be great. Check, check. There we are. I don't need that. At least I don't think so. Okay. Well, that's awesome, eh? Just seeing a precious little child being dedicated to the Lord. You know, sometimes it's so easy for us to pass stuff like that over because life just goes on, right? And we forget about the beauty and the preciousness of life. And uh, I just want to know, for each one of you there, you might have a few extra years on you than Amelia does, but, you know, God loves you so much. And, and, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, that in the greatness of God and in his might and in his power and all the angelic praise that he would have around him on a daily basis, he never forgets about you and me, never for a moment. You know, like we... We, we focus on things, right, which is good. We need to focus on things. But sometimes we're focusing on things. We have this disconnect with everybody else around us or about, you know, other people's lives, what's going on with them. But with God, there's never a disconnect with anybody. And, and if you're here this morning, if you know the Lord, and if you don't know the Lord, if you've never had an encounter with Jesus, you've always been on his heart. And he has a plan for your life. Kind of heard about that this morning, right? I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. And, and God has a plan for you. And he never forgets about the plan that he has for you. He never forgets about who you are, about what you're doing, and about what's coming ahead, what he has for you. And it's just such an awesome thing. And, you know, there's times in our lives when God doesn't seem to show up right away. And, you know, I'm learning slowly but I'm learning that when God doesn't show up right away, it's time to start getting excited. It's not time to get hopeless. It's not time to think, you know, what in the world is going on? Now, not that, not that you don't have questions, right? But it's time to learn to get excited because I'm learning, you know, and, and we see in the word, like, whenever God didn't show up right away, it's because he always had something bigger in mind. He always had a, a bigger expectation than what the people themselves had. And we find that, for example, uh, you know, with Abraham. He was waiting for Isaac, right? And he waited 20, 30 years before Isaac came along. And, you know, and it was just miraculous. I mean, Isaac's, because both him and Sarah were older, and so that birth was miraculous. But for years, uh, they lived a married life with no children, and they were waiting for God in that sense to show up, right? And, uh, you know, we can think of Joseph, you know, he waited for, for years for his dreams to come to fulfillment. God gave him these dreams when he was young, and he went through all kinds of hardship. But he waited for God to show up, and God did show up, but it took time, right? And same with Daniel. You know, like Daniel, you know, he was faithful, and he was serving God and serving God even in Babylon in a country that wasn't even his own country. And, and then he got, got thrown into the lion's den, 
you know, and God showed up. You know, God showed up. God didn't show up before he he got thrown in the the lion's den. You know, he showed up when he was in the lion's den, and, and he saved him from the lions. He shut the lion's mouth so that he was not devoured. And uh, Lazarus, you know, he, he came to a place in the in New Testament. We come in with Jesus, and he knew Lazarus and um, his sisters Mary and Martha. And the scripture says that he loved them. And in John chapter uh, 11, you have that, Brian? Uh, we read there, now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil, wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. That's pretty powerful. Here's this, these people that Jesus loves so much, and even Lazarus himself. He loves this guy. He loves about his life. And he's sick, and he's in need, and everybody's waiting for Jesus to show up. The word goes out. They send word to Jesus. Look, the one whom you love is sick. And it says, Jesus, when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Why? Because he had a greater expectation of what was to happen than the expectation that the people had. And that is so true with us. And we have to realize that when we're waiting for things to to happen, to transpire in our lives, it's because even as we find uh, right here in in verse, actually one one verse back there in chapter 5, or verse 5, it says that now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. He loved them. Everything that Jesus does is always coming out of love. And even when we're waiting and, and waiting when wondering when God's going to show up, it's always because he has something great. And in his love, he's waiting. Uh, the leadership team, we went to a conference a few weeks ago. And there was a lady speaking there. She said something that really struck uh, my heart in the way she said it. She said, faith will always lead you to a place where you will fa- where faith will always lead you to a place where you will fail without God. Faith will always lead you to a place where you will fail without God. So God is, when he's leading you, we have a sense that this is the direction I'm supposed to be going. This is what God wants me to do in my life. God wants to, he wants to bring you into that place where you can't actually fulfill it of your own strength, of your own doing. Right? If we think about Moses and, and, and all the Israelites being at the Red Sea, I mean, there was just, there was, he led them to a place where there was no other way out. There was no other way to move except for God to show up uh, in their lives. And, you know, in those times, God's always working to establish that relationship between you and me so that when he does manifest himself, his provision, and his way, and his manner, the world around us will talk about it. So I want you to think about that with your own life, whatever's going on in your life, whatever you're dealing with in your own life, 
and, and you're waiting for God's provision in something. You're waiting to see how, how is this going to go forth. You know, maybe you're feeling boxed in. Maybe you're feeling overwhelmed about something. And God is waiting to meet you so that when the provision comes, when he's as a result of him working you, the world around you is going to talk about it. I mean, we talk about Abraham and Isaac, right, and, and the incredible thing that happened there. We talk about Daniel lines there. We talk about Joseph and how amazing it is. But God wants to move these things just off the story page of the Bible, and he wants to make them real in your life and in my life. And so God is always working uh, to bring us to that place where he's establishing that relationship uh, in us. There's many times that God chooses to hide things. And, that, and that's kind of uh, a bit of the basis of what I wanted to look at this morning. <clears throat> There's time that God chooses to hide things, but it's not because he's trying to keep us in the dark, but it's because he's always working on the relationship between you and him and between you and those around you. And that's why at times God's hiding things. In Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 2, it says, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. So it's God's glory to hide something at times, even from you and me. But it's the glory of kings, it says there, to search it out. Well, we're called to be kings and priests, right? God's called us to be a people. He's called us to royalty. He's called us uh, to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Uh, Pastor Travis was speaking a couple weeks ago about us being living stones. You know, that's in that same verse. God's called us to that. And so... When God hides things, when, when there's a time period where you don't see, where you don't know, where you don't understand, it says God's, he's trying to uh, encourage you to come into that place where you will search it out, where you will seek it out, and, and come to that place where he can actually reveal it to you. In Luke chapter 10, verse 21, we find there Jesus is praying uh, to the Father, and he says, in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit, and he said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for it seemed good in your sight. Jesus is thankful here. He's actually thankful that God hides things. Right? We're, we're often not that way, right? It's not our natural uh, response. But, but God, Jesus was thankful. And, and God wants us to get to that place of thankfulness at times when He's hiding things from us because he always has something better for us. You know, I, I can just go back to the time of when I first got saved, and I was dating this girl from high school, and uh, I came to the Lord, and we broke up, and, and then I tried to kind of made this attempt to get back together with again, and, and part of my plea, part of my prayer was, God, just, you know, just let this relationship work, and I'll, I'll serve you all the rest of my days, right? Kind of that call that basement bargaining sometimes, right? <laughs> you know, because it is, it's basement stuff. And I'm so glad that God didn't answer that prayer. Amen? Are you, are you good, Hannah Pat? <laughs> <laughs> because God has something better in mind, and, and he didn't show me in that moment what was lying ahead. He didn't show me the years down the road where Anita was going to come into my life, and we were going to come together and be married and and have, uh, you know, three precious boys that we have. I, I didn't see all that at the time. But God, in the, it, between that time and the time that Anita and I met and 
you know, we've grown and established as a family, God was working in me so that when that time come, I could walk with my wife in a way that I wouldn't have walked. You know, if I, if I, if I treated my wife the way I treated my girlfriend back then, it would not have been good, right? So God, God's doing things. God's working in us when those things are going on. And we need to be thankful just as Jesus was thankful. There's times when things are hidden. Uh, if we go back to verse 16 in Luke chapter 10 there, we find we get a bit of a taste of sometimes why God chooses to hide things. And I don't know if Brian had that or not. But anyways, uh, it talks about uh, Jesus, the context that this verse is in. When Jesus is saying he's thankful that God's hiding things and revealing them to little children is because he'd gone through all these different towns, Capernaum and, and uh, Tyre and all these, and he'd worked great signs, great wonders, great miracles. People were being healed. Uh, people were being raised from the dead. And it says in verse 16, it says, he's saying to his disciples, says, he who hears you hears me, and he who rejects you rejects me. Uh, so... And, and the one, and because Jesus was the one who was sent, right? And so basically what's happening here is there were people who were seeing all these miracles that Jesus was doing, but they didn't believe that he was who he was declaring himself to be, which, which was the Son of God who came in the world to be your Savior, my Savior, to wash away our sins and to deliver us. They didn't, they didn't believe that in spite of, of the works. And so Jesus is saying here to his, to his disciples um, that he who hears you hears me, which means he who doesn't hear you doesn't hear me, and he who rejects you also rejects me. And that's because oftentimes the message comes through vessels, and people have a real problem with who the message is coming through. And that's part of what, that's part of what, hides the truth at times, if you will, from people. It's like the truth is there, the truth comes forth, but people are rejecting the vessel that God has chosen to bring that through. And as it was with Jesus, so it is with you and me, right? It's, a, it's the same today. Sometimes people don't believe because they think, well, how could God be speaking through you, you know? Like, what's God got to say, you know, through you to me? Um, in Luke chapter 19, uh, Jesus, he said, um, or sorry, the Pharisees, and this was when uh, they were going through the streets and they were proclaiming that Jesus was the Christ, you know, and that, and he said, Jesus, rebuke your disciples. And, but Jesus said, you know, if they don't cry out, the stones and the rocks will cry out. And so the Pharisees didn't see it, but the little children, we find, um, they saw it. You know, they're crying, oh, Hosanna to the son of David. Like, the little children had a revelation that this was the son of David. This, this was the promised one that was to come from David. You know, because the scripture spoke about in the Old Testament that this Savior, this Messiah that was going to come for the nation of Israel was going to come through the line of David. And so these little children, they got it. They, they said, this is the one. But the Pharisees missed it. And so often, you know, it, it's the same way. It, and, and that's because we all have to get to a place in our life 
where God's able to reveal things to us, where he's able to open things up. There was a time when um, <clears throat> sorry, the Pharisees came to Jesus, and he had cleared out the temple. He did that a couple times in his ministry. But at the beginning, he cleared out the temple and sent out all the ones that were doing their merchandising in the temple. And he said, you know, this is my father's house. It's a house of prayer. It's not for merchandise. And <clears throat> not only were they merchandising, they were ripping people off on top of that. <laughs> they were being dishonest, right? So he drives them out, and the Pharisees come to him, and they said, who gave you the authority to do these things? And Jesus said to them, he said, well, I'll ask you a question. He said, the baptism of John, was it from men or was it from God? Because all the people believed that it was from heaven. But the Pharisees and the rulers, the religious rulers at that time, they didn't believe that it was from heaven. It was very interesting because this brings me back to a time when, when I was in Bible school and for our field education, one of the things I had to do was uh, be part of another parachurch organization and, and do some um, field work, if you were, like outreach work. So uh, I got involved with a group called Jews for Jesus. And so I would go down on the street, down on the streets in Toronto, and stand on the street corner and I'd hand out tracts and talk to people that, you know, as I had opportunity. And the director <coughs> over me, he said, so if somebody comes up to you and says, you know, because I'm, I'm working for Jews for Jesus, and they say, well, all those Jews that were annihilated, the six million Jews, or about approximately, they figured, that were annihilated by Hitler in the Second World War, if they didn't believe in Jesus, do you think they're all going to hell? And so this guy says, well, how would you answer that? And I would say, well, I mean, yeah, if they don't believe in Jesus, then, then yeah, they would. They would be eternally lost. They would end up in hell. And he said, do you know what I would say to that person? And I said, uh, no, what are you telling me? <laughs> and he said, what I would ask him, he'd say, he would say back to the person, do you believe there is a hell? Because he said, if they don't believe there is a hell, then really your answer to the question is meaningless. So what you have to do is you have to get behind the questions being asked and get to the, find out where are they actually at in their understanding, where are they really at in their faith, what's really in their heart. And that's why Jesus said, to these Pharisees, he said, the baptism of John, was it from heaven or was it, you know, was it from men? Because if they couldn't recognize the authority that John walked in, then his answer to the question was just speaking into the air. See, they had to get to a place where they believed uh, what was going on in John's life. And uh, in John, I didn't give you this verse, Brian, but <clears throat> in John chapter 16 and verse 12, uh, Jesus said to his disciples, you know, he's just getting ready to, the evening before he's getting ready to uh, be handed over, he's going to go to the cross, and he's going to die for your sins and my sins. He says to his disciples, he says, I, I have many more things um, to show you, but more. Oh, sorry. I still have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Sometimes things, God hides things because we're not ready for them. And it always comes back to our walk. It always comes back to the relationship that we're in in the moment. And God is so good to not give us things that are too much for us. Right? He didn't want to overwhelm his disciples. And, and, and God doesn't want to overwhelm you. He wants to bring you on in that walk, in that relationship. 
Um, the interesting thing in, in um, we talked about in Matthew 21 about when the, the children were crying out, you know, Hosanna to the son of David who comes in the name of the Lord. And <clears throat> that's actually a quote that comes out of Psalm uh, chapter 8 and verse 2, and it's actually up in the, the nursery in the Sunday school room up there, out of poster. But the full, if you read that in its context, it says, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. See, God's revealing things sometimes to the unexpected people, sometimes to the infants, sometimes to the children. And that's not just children in the natural. It can be children in the faith, right? There's some people who, who they just surrender their lives to Jesus. They're just on fire for God, wanting to walk with God. And they're excited, but other people who maybe started out in, in, in a relationship or started out uh, or got sidetracked, got into leadership, whatever, um, and not necessarily leadership, but even just they got hardened in their life um, and turned away from the Lord, then what God's doing is he's trying to stir that up in people again. And so the reason that God reveals things to some people and not to other people is because he's using those people to stir that up. He's using that to silence the enemy that's been working in somebody else's life. He's been working at trying to silence the avenger Right, And I think it's really interesting that as we're going on in our walk with the Lord, I believe that really what he's doing is he's using you and me. He's using man who is weaker than Satan, weaker than the angelic beings who fell with Satan. And he's using us to defeat them through the power of Christ by the, as we sang earlier, you know, power in the name of Jesus. He's using us to defeat them because he's going to bring us into their place that they forfeited, right? Because Satan forfeited that place of worship and, and the opportunity to lead uh, the masses of the angelic hosts because of his pride, because he was lifted up. And so God now is using you and me. He's going he's gonna to bring us and we're going to step in to those places that were forfeited by them. Amen. Um, in John chapter 5, verse 39 and 40, Jesus said to the Pharisees, he said, you search the scriptures for in them you think that you have eternal life, but these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you might have life. God's not interested in us just having a written word. You know, we always, we always encourage you to be in the word. And that's because the word is there to lead us to Christ. The, the life is not in the Bible itself, right? The, the life is in Jesus. The life is in the relationship that because of your reading, because of you coming into some understanding, it's the relationship that you can have with him. And that was the thing that the Pharisees were not willing to step into. They were not willing to move ahead in it. Uh, Psalm 103 and verse 7. Uh, it says there, it said, He made known his ways to Moses, 
and his acts to the children of Israel. And it's interesting to note there that Moses knew God's ways, but the children of Israel, they only saw his acts. And that's the same, that was the same with the Pharisees. They saw the mighty works that Jesus was doing, and, and, but they didn't understand his ways. They wouldn't come into his ways. They would not come to that place of, of repentance in their life. Not only initial repentance, but, you know, for all of us, it's, it's an ongoing thing, too, of just saying, okay, God, I just, I, I lay this thing down in my life. I can see it's been blocking my ability of moving on in you, and I'm, I'm just, I'm tired of it, and, and I'm not getting where I want to get to, and so I give it to you so that I can go on in, in my relationship, and it's often God's using these times to bring us to that place so that we can take that next step and so that he can strip that blindness off of us. In Luke chapter 20 and verse 5, we see a couple keys here that I think will help us not to get caught in, in the same thing that the Pharisees did, not to get stuck where we can't, we're not actually not walking in a relationship with the Lord. Um, this was uh, around the time when Jesus had asked them if John the Baptist's authority had come from heaven or from men. And it says, it says of the Pharisees that they reasoned among themselves. They reasoned among themselves, saying, if we say it's from heaven, he'll say, why didn't you believe him? If we say it's from men, well, the people are going to stone us because they believe that he his authority did come from heaven. So the problem is they reasoned among themselves. Again, we find in uh, Mark chapter 2, verse 6 and 8. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man, and they're speaking of Jesus here, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? See, the Pharisees, part of the thing that, that got them stuck was they always reasoned among themselves. They always reasoned within themselves. But in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, we find where God's inviting us to himself. And he says, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. You know, though your sins are scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. You know, come and let us reason together. God wants us to come to him when we're wrestling, when we're struggling with things, when we're in the midst of, of this, because he wants to do relationship with us. And um, I, I find this is, this is the importance of us having this place of solitude. You know, we, we always encourage uh, one another as believers. You know, we need a quiet time. We need that time with the Lord. And that is so important but I do want to make a distinguishing thing here is it's different between having solitude and being isolated. Uh, in Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 1, it says that a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. And he rages and scoffs against all wise judgment. So that's what happens if we isolate ourselves we're only seeking our own desire, and we get all this anger uh, and everything else built up in us. You know, so God doesn't want us to isolate ourselves. 
but he wants us to have our place of solitude. And, you know, they both imply being alone, but that's basically where the similarities end between, between isolation and solitude. Because solitude is a state of being alone without feeling lonely. It's a constructive and it's a desirable time that is used for reflection or meditation, of inner searching, of deep reading, of experiencing the beauty of nature, of creativity, of thinking. It's a place of being quiet. It's a place of being still and knowing that he is God. We need, you know, and we find in Mark chapter 1, verse 32, we see this exampled in Jesus' life. It said, now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, Jesus went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. So that place of solitude was so important to Jesus, and it needs to be important for us. And that place of solitude, that fellowship that Jesus had with the Father, is what increased and empowered his fellowship with those around him. And it's the same with us, you know. If we have that fellowship with the Father, and we can walk in that place of allowing him to speak into our lives, then it brings us, it changes our fellowship with one another. In Genesis chapter 41, verse 45, we talked about Joseph and how he went through a lot of hardship, a lot of difficulty. He had these dreams when he was a young man. And some people say it was probably, he was probably around 17 years old when he had those. And when he's 30 years old, he finally comes into the presence of Pharaoh. And the way he comes in is Pharaoh gets a couple of dreams, and nobody can interpret them. All his wise men, all the magicians, none of them can interpret these dreams. And they, and they actually had even heard the dreams. It's like, it wasn't like Nebuchadnezzar, where they couldn't even hear the dream. But with Pharaoh, they heard the dreams. But they did not understand the meaning of them. And so Joseph, they finally bring him out of prison, because he's, he's been in there for however many years, and unjustly accused. And they bring him out, and Joseph, as we know, he reveals the dream to Pharaoh that this great famine is coming and that they need to store up food for the next seven years because another seven years are coming where there's going to be this. So an incredible revelation that happens. And the, the name in, in 41 here, in verse 45, that he gives him, says, Pharaoh called Joseph's name zaphnath Paneah. Zaphonath Panea, and it means revealer of secrets. A revealer of secrets or a revealer of mysteries. And so Joseph, he was able to reveal the dreams because he allowed God to reveal himself to him through all the stuff he was going through. When, when God didn't seem to be showing up on time, when he didn't understand why things were unfolding the way that they were, he didn't give up. He developed a mindset that he was going to be thankful. He had developed this place that he was going to have a relationship, you know, with Father and allow him to speak and allow him to see the positive aspects of what he was doing in his life. And it allowed him to be able to do that. And it's, it's the same in our lives. It's when in our walk, in our relationship with one another.
way. We, when you let God do those things in your life, and when you look at other people's lives, even if they're kind of like sandpaper in your life, they kind of rub you the wrong way, you're, you're able to look at the positive things in their life. And it's not that you don't work at dealing with them, but it's not, it's not all about the negative. You know, you're able to bring that forth in their lives. And so when, when we allow God to, to do that in our lives, then we're able to bring mercy with the truth. Because truth without mercy, somebody once wisely said, is like surgery without anesthesia. And mercy without truth is meaningless. Right? What's the point of showing mercy if there's no truth, if there's nothing to be accomplished? Then it, it's meaningless, right? So we need both. And God's working those things in our lives as we allow him to interpret the circumstances of the things that we're going through. We all have things in our life. We all have stuff. We all have darkness, um, areas in our life that we need to deal with. And we need to deal with them because you can't kick the devil off his own property. So if we're giving a reason for access for the enemy to be at work in our life, then if we deal with that stuff, then we can kick the devil out. But you can't kick him off his own property. And that's kind of part of the, the reason why we're doing this highway to wholeness is to impart things and help us to all uh, get an understanding, get a revelation, bring some of those things that have been hidden to us so that we can start dealing with anything in our hearts and our lives that keeps us from allowing the Lord to do that and bring us into that relationship. You know, I started out saying, and I just want to end with this, that faith will lead you to a place where you'll fail without God, only without God. But I just want to say that even when you fail, and I've failed many times, that even when you fail, God will still meet you in that place if you let him. And you know, Abraham, who's the father of faith, we often speak of him as being the father of faith. I mean, he failed big time. He was waiting for Isaac. And him and Sarah had this idea that, hey, if I take her maidservant, Hagar, can have a son whom we know ended up being Ishmael and created a lot of issues, a lot of issues that we see today, right, through the Arabic line. And I'm not, I'm not dissing the Arabic line, but I'm just saying they, they tried to get something to happen by their own means in their own way, and they failed big time in it. But the beautiful thing is, is that Abraham met God, he, he walked out other things in his life that brought correction in his life and actually caused him to grow in his faith. So when we fail, it's never too late. But walking with God, it'll always bring you to that place where the only way it's really going to happen his way is if I do it with him. And that's always, God's always pulling you down. So this morning, I just want to encourage you, you know, if you're here this morning, if, if, there's, if there's just things going on in your life that, you know, we have a prayer team up here that comes up. I just want to encourage you to come, and, and they'll pray with you. Uh, I just feel, you know, there's some here that just, they have old mindsets, and God wants to break those mindsets off. And if you don't know Jesus this morning, you know, and you want to have an encounter with the living God, because he loves you, he's been waiting, 
He's been waiting for you. You know, sometimes we think about how we wait. He's waiting for you. I just want to invite you to come uh, as David plays. And so I'll just pray and end, and then uh, you just come, and uh, the prayer team will come and lead in here. So, Father, we just want to thank you this morning. Thank you that you're just such an awesome God. We thank you. You are the God who will reveal yourself to us as we just come to you. We open our lives up to you. We don't try to keep anything hidden from you. And, God, we see from your word that you are the one who brings revelation. You are the one who brings understanding. And you are the one who loves us so much that you continue to wait for us to move towards you because you're ready to run towards us just like the father ran towards his prodigal son. And so, Father, we thank you for that this morning. I pray you bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.